Pro fans all over the world, we welcome you to the Pro Fan Arena where prolific sports fandom, a desire for wisdom in life and work, for the purpose of glorifying God through our gifts and talents, all rumble together. Thank you for joining us. Now introducing your starting lineup. Standing five feet nine from the University of Take Responsibility, playing the position of Chief Encourager, your host, the founder of Pro Fan League, the Pro Fan, Bradley Gibbs! Welcome into the Pro Fan League Arena. It is 2024. Happy New Year! Thanks for joining us for our first show of this year. My name is Bradley Gibbs, the founder of Pro Fan League. I am grateful for you spending some time with us today or whenever you decide to listen to this show in the year 2024. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Jesus Christ is alive. He has conquered sin and death. And that makes this a great day. Now, lace up your Nike waffle trainers and let's talk sports. Thanks to Steve from Lancaster for bringing the Nike waffle trainer to the show for today. I chose the Nike waffle trainer because as Steve from Lancaster explained to me, It was one of the first shoes designed specifically for long-distance running. He had a pair in red back in 1974, and he is a little bit sad still that they did not help him get to the 1976 Olympics, but they did help him get onto the very first show of the Pro Fan League podcast in 2024. So, that's something. Steve, thanks for listening. Thanks for contributing. I will point this out. I will shout this out. Anybody who's listening to this show, if you have a shoe that you want to hear featured on the show, if you have a story to go with that shoe, feel free to send me an email at gibbs at profanleague.com. Shoot me a text. Get in touch. And we'll get it on. I'm grateful for all the dedicated listeners to this show who help out with these ideas for the shoes. It's fun to hear from you. It's fun to see you engaging with the show. Welcome in. I'm excited about 2024. I'm excited about what 2024 holds for Pro Fan League. I'm excited about what 2024 holds for you. We're all at the start of a long-distance marathon today. Like I said, part of the reason I chose the Nike Waffle Trainer is to get us into this mindset that we're at the start of a new year, right here on day two. And, since we are at the start, the foundations that we start to put into place to get to where we feel God is calling us to go, to get where you have started to establish your small missions and your large missions, micro and macro, where you have spent some time thinking about your big whys. It's time to go to work. Let's get it, y'all. It's time to go to work in 2024. And this is exciting. 
I was doing some work over the last few days around the house, preparing for 2024, thinking about all the things that happened in 2023. And it became really clear to me, there's, there's two ways we could go as we think about 2024. We could go with fear, or we could go with excitement about the opportunities in front of us. I was thinking about the college football semifinals, which took place yesterday. There's this tremendous opportunity in front of these young men. They're stepping on a national stage to play ball, to advance to the opportunity to play for the championship. A unique opportunity. And there's two ways that people will come into that game. They'll be full of fear or they'll be ready to go excited about the opportunity that is in front of them. Now, maybe you don't quite see yourself and your opportunities at the level this year of playing for a national championship opportunity. And that could be true. But I believe that you in your life this year in 2024 are probably doing some things that might even be more important than playing for a college football national championship. You are having an impact on the people around you each and every day. Opportunity to learn new things is in front of you in 2024. Let's not fall into comparison. Let's not fall into discouragement. And if we do, let's be quick to pray. Let's be quick to ask for help. But even right now, Let's start with being still before the Lord, crying out to Him. If you haven't prayed about 2024 yet, I would encourage you to do that. This past weekend in sports was scintillating, to say the least. Let's start with those CFP semifinals and the bowl games. The college football playoff. Last night, Michigan prevailed in overtime over Alabama at the Rose Bowl. The granddaddy of them all. 27 to 20. It was, it was a classic. It was everything that you would hope to see out of a college football playoff semifinal. Michigan gets an opportunity now to play against the Washington Huskies who beat Texas. And I felt that the the flow, the cadence of both of those games was uniquely different. Michigan and Alabama had a kind of an NFL playoff feel to me. A grinded out, one in the trenches Uh, exchanging body blows, a test of endurance. Whoever made 
the the fatal mistake was going to be the one who survived kind of a feel. The Texas-Washington game had a little bit more of a shootout feel to me. People spinning the ball. Michael Penix. Michael Penix is an absolute target shooter. You know how people go, boom, and the clay, the clay pigeon soars out there and people pull the trigger, shoot that thing right out of the sky. Yeah, Michael Penix. He'd be doing that with a football. He can spin it. I think he's the best NFL prospect at the quarterback position in this draft. How fast he gets the ball out, his ability to throw with accuracy. He should have won the Heisman. It's unfortunate he didn't. But now, next Monday night, January 8th, he gets to play for the national championship. And it's going to be very interesting to see that matchup because... We have a track meet style Washington Huskies team versus a smash mouth Michigan Wolverines team. Their strengths lie in different places. Part of what propelled Michigan to a victory yesterday was they collapsed the pocket quickly on Jalen Milrow. The Alabama passing game never really got going yesterday. What kept Alabama in the game to some degree was Michigan's mistakes. And they made some really good adjustments at halftime. Will Michigan be able to collapse the Washington pocket? And one would be quick to be able to say, oh, Michigan has an advantage here because of that defense. But just two or three weeks ago, Tom Brady in an interview was talking about how he believes the greatest weapon a quarterback has is a quick release. Get the ball out fast. And there's no one better in football, in college football. There's people better in football. There's nobody better in college football right now at getting the ball out quickly than Michael Penix. And he's throwing to a ultra-talented group of receivers. I also must point out, we have our first Bradley's bloopers of 2024. I said about a month and a half ago that I thought Alabama had what it took to go the whole way and hoist the national championship trophy. They did not do that. So, they fall into Bradley, Bradley's bloopers. My uh, record of talking about who will be a champion now stands at 0-1. I am willing to take responsibility. It's one of the core ethics of this show. Take responsibility. Take responsibility, University. So there we have it. 0-1. Alabama didn't get the job done. My second one that's still out there lingering was the Phoenix Suns for the NBA championship. They're not looking too pretty right now either. Bradley Beal, we gotta get you on the gotta get on the court, Bradley Beal. Come on now. Let's just say 0-2 is looking a little more clearer than one and one for me right now but we'll see that's why we play the games and like I talked about last week we never know what's going to happen in life or in sports and that's why you play them
Florida State got beat into the turf in the Orange Bowl. They lost 63-3. Kirby Smart, after the game, reminded the world that they weren't actually playing the Florida State team that went undefeated on this past weekend. Florida State had at least 12 players who were significant contributors who decided not to play in this game. Florida State's head coach Mike Norvell said some of it was because guys wanted to get ready for the NFL draft and some of it was because people felt like they should be in the national championship and they didn't want to play in this game. Well, it showed that Florida State didn't want to play in this game. I think it was interesting, though, that Georgia, who had won 29 straight games, they hadn't lost a football game in three years, lost an SEC championship game, they did decide to show up and play in this game, and they won 63-3. to I understand that Florida State had a heartbreaking experience in not being put into the college football semifinal, and it was absolutely up to them if they were going to show up and play. I think, as I have pondered this more, this comes down to a culture thing, doesn't it? Georgia wanted to play. They, by all means, are probably the most talented team in the country. And instead of not playing, they showed up and put on a performance that reminded everybody just how good they were. I think the world would have enjoyed a Florida State-Georgia match where the scales were balanced. But instead of Florida State showing up and putting out that kind of effort, showing their love for the game, they decided to pull back. Now, in some ways, it's kind of a passive-aggressive move. Florida State put themselves in a position where they can claim, oh, well, we didn't have our best players, so, so that game doesn't even count. Yeah, that's true. Or, maybe, they weren't as confident in the fact that they should have been in the, in the playoff, as they say, and they didn't want to go out there against a very aggressive Georgia team and get their wheels blown off. So, for all the talk that Florida State had of how good they were and how much they deserved to play... They had an opportunity to play the team that is likely, though they're not going to hoist a national championship, is likely certainly one of the best teams in the country. They had a chance to show up and dominate that Georgia team. But instead, they fell back and they were embarrassed by the Georgia Bulldogs. Now, Kirby Smart was very gracious. But if I'm looking at leadership, if I'm looking at a team whose culture seems 
to be ready to win a championship next year? I'm taking the Georgia Bulldogs. They seem to have a tenacity. That they showed up to that bowl game. That they got paid to be in. The Florida State University gets money to play in that Orange Bowl game. Those players have an opportunity to show out to the NFL scouts what they have against a superior opponent. Well, maybe they weren't a superior opponent. But against one of the best in the country, the Florida State players who aspire to go to the NFL draft and they have a lot of talented players who are going to be there, they had an opportunity to show how they play against the top talent in the country. And they decided not to. They sat on the bench. And I thought it was interesting as I was watching that game, the Florida State starters would be imploring the guys who were getting slobber knocked on the field at the timeouts. People would be coming off. They'd be trying to get them to play better. And most of those starters who were over there talking up the reserves who were getting beat down, the only reason they weren't on the field in pads, it's not because they were injured. It's not because they couldn't have been. They weren't out there because they said, I'm not doing it. So, as a simple lesson in humanity, if you're on a team and you see people getting knocked around and you're trying to encourage them, but you're not participating in helping them win. You're just, you know, trying to motivate them. But you willingly took yourself out of the game for no reason other than you didn't feel like it. I think your exhortations are going to fall flat. People have to feel like you're in it with them as a leader. And that Florida State team... They didn't look like anybody was in it. Their heads were still at their last loss, which wasn't a loss on the field. It was a loss at the hands of the CFP committee and nobody in that Florida State franchise, organization, college, university could get by it. And now they're trying to pull out of the ACC and we'll see. Something else that happened this past week in the world of sports was Russell Wilson was benched by the Denver Broncos for the last two games of the season. And I'm going to clump these two things together because they had the same impact on me. I was talking with a friend about this over the weekend. A strong message that the world of sports is sending over and over again to young people and old people alike is that if you sign a contract... It doesn't matter. The idea of covenant has a red arrow pointing down culturally in our country. I can't speak about the rest of the world, but in the United States of America, it is turning into completely okay not to do what you say you're going to do. Football coaches sign long deals and then leave. NFL owners give people contracts and then fire them in half a season or after one year. Russell Wilson signed an enormous contract with the Denver Broncos. 
And now they're very seriously considering moving on from him. Was it a good contract? Was it a good trade for the Broncos? Maybe not. But Russell Wilson has played for two different head coaches. He had to learn a brand new system with Sean Payton, who came in. And it doesn't necessarily look like Sean Payton wants Russell Wilson to learn his system. I mean, reports say that things are going fine. But for an NFL team to thrive, there needs to be cohesion at many levels, and it just doesn't look like that exists in Denver. And the way that they've handled Russell Wilson, I'm not in the building. I'm not going to say that he's been great or that Sean Payton's been great. They almost got into the playoffs. But from the vantage point that I see, what is resounding is the commitments that have been made to each other in Denver, nobody cares about. The commitments that have been made to colleges by players and from from colleges to the players. So the players commit to play for the school and the school commits to the players for certain things. Now with the transfer portal, none of that matters. Players can leave at the end of any season and go somewhere else. There is no commitment to covenant. I'm not talking about program loyalty, although that that does have some degree, but... I think loyalty is often something that people wish for, but is a little bit is a little bit of like chasing a ghost. Often humans will decide to do what they believe is in their best interest and written covenants were supposed to help people to endure through the long haul or when something gets hard. And I guess maybe that's what loyalty is. Being willing to stick with something and somebody even when something gets hard. Back in the day, that's what a contract was. And my concern is that increasingly, there's just no desire for anybody to stick through anything when it gets hard. And this does not set up an organization for success. It does not set us up in our personal lives for success. It does not set up our culture for success or our societies for success. If every time something gets hard or something doesn't go the way we want it to go, we refuse to keep moving forward or we upset the fruit basket it does not bode well there will be wins and losses in life but we have to keep moving forward and then you hear the interviews the New York Giants they're not good just three weeks ago Brian Dable head coach of the New York Giants is at the microphone talking about how Tommy DeVito has earned the opportunity to Start football games. He's earned it. The very next game, Tommy DeVito gets benched at the half and Tyrod Taylor gets put in. And then Tyrod Taylor will start the football. Tyrod Taylor has earned it. 
Okay. Well, Tyrod Taylor and the Giants lost this past weekend, too. These empty plaudits. It falls flat. Oh, he earned it. He earned Albert. I mean, I guess in a 24-7 news cycle, you have to get out there and say something. As a sports fan, sometimes I wish I would just hear somebody say the truth. Brian Dable just step up there and say, listen, the New York Giants right now are not good. We're a JV football team. I don't know who the starter is because quite frankly, we don't have one in this building. So when I know, I'll let you know. I would respect that. It's part of the reason I like Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. He just shoots it straight. I don't feel like he's making stuff up when he's at the microphone. He just says, yeah, we got punched in the mouth. We're not a good football team. JV football. Okay. All right. The NFL. We come towards week 18. Seems to me like Lamar Jackson is wrapping up the NFL MVP. These two performances against San Francisco, where they went west and they won on Christmas night, and then there was a total obliteration of the Miami Dolphins in Baltimore this past weekend. He had five touchdowns. That Ravens team is looking dominant. Uh, It doesn't seem like Lamar Jackson's going to play in Week 18. He probably won't play the whole thing. For me, the NFL MVP race is coming down to Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Christian McCaffrey. I think Lamar Jackson will probably be the clear winner there. But the way the Buffalo Bills have really turned it on here at the end of the year, and they might even still have a shot at winning the AFC East. I don't think anybody wants to see Buffalo in the playoffs. They're dangerous. They're talented. So the AFC is is really interesting. The AFC playoffs will be good. The NFC playoffs are also interesting. It doesn't seem in the NFC... I mean, I guess the San Francisco 49ers are the most consistent team, and they probably should be the best team. And I would say that with more confidence, except that showing against the Baltimore Ravens two weeks ago didn't necessarily instill confidence. Finally, on the NFL, the Bears and the Cardinals both have two first-round draft picks coming towards them. The Bears just were guaranteed the number one overall pick in the draft. And there's going to be all sorts of speculation. Should they trade it? Should they keep it? Should they get new quarterbacks? I said this in 2023. I'm saying it now. The Bears need to keep Justin Fields, and the Cardinals need to keep Kyler Murray. Both of those men can play football at the NFL level. I think they're both franchise quarterbacks. They just need help. I think the Bears should take Marvin Harrison. Justin Fields throwing to Marvin Harrison, Cole Komet, and DJ Moore would give him help. I believe that Marvin Harrison is a generational talent. 
It was really interesting. This past weekend, he put out video of himself where he pulls the jugs machine lever and then runs down and catches a pass. Now, obviously, if he arcs it enough, he gives himself some time. I'm sure it was well-practiced before he put it to a video. But it's still impressive. Marvin Harrison is tremendous. With two picks in the first round, the Cardinals can put pieces around Kyler Murray that will help him. And the Cardinals have looked spunky here in the final weeks of the NFL season. I don't think it's time to upset the fruit basket at quarterback. They need help. And I view NFL draft, it's one of my favorite things. We're going to talk about the NFL draft a lot over the next coming months. I view the NFL draft maybe a little differently than many. It seems like all the NFL franchisers, like, we need a quarterback. We need a quarterback. We'll, we'll service the farm to get a quarterback. To me, finding a quarterback in the NFL is more like building an ice cream sundae. The ice cream in your ice cream sundae, well, first you have the bowl and the ice cream. That sets up the foundation. Well, the bowl is your ownership, your management, your coaching. The bowl has to be in one piece. If there's cracks in your bowl, your ice cream is going to spill out. So the bowl has to be a solid infrastructure. And then the ice cream in the bowl is your offensive and defensive lines. They set the table for everything. Who likes ice cream sundaes with no ice cream in it? Well, who likes playing quarterback without an offensive line? Nobody. So you got to have ice cream in there. Offensive and defensive line. Then you have the whipped cream in the toppings, which is your linebackers, your wide receivers, your defenders. And then when all of that is in place, you go hunting for your quarterback, the cherry on the top. When do young quarterbacks thrive in the NFL? It's not a hard formula to see. When they have a strong run game and a dominant defense, that's when young quarterbacks do well. That's when Ben Roethlisberger did well. That's when a young Russell Wilson did well. Any of these young quarterbacks that make the playoffs early in their career, it's on the back of a strong run game and a dominant defense. So build that and then go looking for your quarterback. So as I evaluate teams for the NFL draft, I'm not looking at who the best quarterbacks are. All of these young kids can play quarterback to some degree. I evaluate NFL franchises and say, who has the ice cream sundae set and all they need is the cherry on top? That's how I look at it. In the NBA, the Knicks made a trade for OG Anunoby from the Toronto Raptors. He's a classic 3 and D player. They gave up RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly for him. I don't love the trade. OG is a free agent at the end of this season. I assume they're gonna I assume they're gonna sign him because they gave up a lot for him. I'm more sad that the Knicks gave up Emmanuel quickly than RJ Barrett. Quickly is a special scorer. But that's enough on Knicks basketball. I just had to mention it. I try not to be a homer on this show. 
But I had to mention this trade simply because I don't actually love it that much. OG is a special defender. But again, in in the mission of winning championships, you need a defender like him on your team. So I guess I'm looking for what's the next step. Because it feels to me like they need another piece to be truly competitive in the NBA, truly playing for championships. I don't think he's going to get them over the hump. I want to end this show today talking about my big whys in 2024 for Pro Fan League. Giving you a quick peek, a quick listen to what's coming in 2024. I'm excited to announce in 2024, going to start rolling out some new logos and some new branding for the show that, that have been being worked on. Shout out to, to a friend named Justin who's been doing great work on our logos and branding. So that's going to be coming out. If you want to see the Pro Fan League podcast logos and you haven't been to ProFanLeague.com, go to ProFanLeague.com, click on the ProFan Podcast tab, and you'll see the logos right there at the top. I'm excited about them. I have another logo. Here in 2024, you're going to start hearing about what I refer to affectionately as the Lancaster Thunder. Well, we have a Lancaster Thunder logo coming. In 2024, we are hoping... Well, in 2024, we are definitely starting to put plans into place to start producing some apparel, some pro fan league gear that you can purchase, hats, shirts, more of that to come. I've been thinking a lot about what problems, what, what is the point of pro fan league? What, what problem does pro fan league solve? And I have three simple points, and that'll be it for today. Pro Fan League, and the Pro Fan League podcast in particular, the Pro Fan League podcast exists to talk about sports in an entertaining way and to provide practical application from the sports we love for life and business and making a difference in our families and communities while putting Christ on display. That's what the Pro Fan League podcast is. We talk about sports. We talk about life. We talk about Jesus Christ. If those things are cool to you, keep coming back. We help people to define their big whys. That is the mission of the Pro Fan League organization. To build platforms and education and experiences that help people to define their big whys in life and then to pursue them. And thirdly, I'm also starting to establish opportunities and keynote messages that I can deliver at public speaking events and conferences and trainings on leadership and team building through the lens of sports. This year, uh, starting February 1st, starting in the month of February, I'm going to start adding video to the podcasts, well, not to the podcast, 
there's going to be video in, in a variety of places that people can access. Short, quick videos. I call them three for three. Three-minute videos. One minute on a sports thought, one minute on a business thought, and one minute on a spiritual, on a spiritual thought. Three for three. These are going to be out five days a week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I will share where you can find them if you're interested starting February 1st. Finally, I hope that you have an awesome week. Thank you for starting your 2024 with some Pro Fan League. What are your big whys in 2024? What are you trying to accomplish in 2024? We're going to talk more about these ideas on the next two Pro Fan League podcasts. On Friday, the theme of the show is going to be what is the mission? And next Tuesday, the theme of the show is going to be what is your team? Go make plays. We are not just fans. God willing, talk to you on Friday. Have a great week.